This episode of Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Take control of your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. Visit nationalcar.com to find out more. Welcome to Geared Up from GeekWire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Hey, we've got a lot to talk about today. Apple is going to be developing its own micro LED displays. Yes, that's the rumor. Andrew's going to explain what that means, why it matters, and how it could really shake up how you use your smartphone in the future. Yes. They're also going to be holding a secretive education event, or at least it's secretive right now. Yeah. And when they hold it on March 27th, it'll be public. It'll be public, yes. So, so it's not, yeah. we're going to be talking about that and what it could mean, what they might be unveiling. Plus, Microsoft and its hardware partners take another run at the always connected PC. Are they going to do it this time? Probably not. <laughs> Plus, Alexa finally shuts up. I mean, there's no other way to put finally. it. <laughs> there's finally. A, there's a new mode in Amazon's smart speakers and other Alexa devices that make left Alexa much more brief in her comments. So all that and more coming up this week. Let's jump in with it. With? Andrew, the Apple education event is okay. coming up next week. This is an interesting one because it's a market where Apple has traditionally been well known. But if you actually look at the market share and how they compare, especially to things like Chrome OS and their growth there, Apple is actually not as strong in especially U.S. education in terms of hardware shipments, Mac shipments, iPads. Chromebooks are really popular. So yes. here you have Apple able to kind of put a stake in the ground and say, okay, we're back. This is important to us. What are the rumors and the reports saying are going to be released and announced at this event? So there's actually a few rumors. We don't know. We never know leading into an Apple event what exactly they're going to announce. We have some ideas. Um, and so this time, as you mentioned with Chromebooks, Chromebooks are like $200, $300 devices. And so in order for Apple to compete, they need something in that same price range. And so what I think uh, the first thing we're probably going to see is a price drop on the entry-level iPad. And I think they want the iPad to compete with the Chromebook. We're not going to see a $300 MacBook. That's just not in the cards. Um, but a, a cheaper iPad with a, you know, a, a keyboard cover or something like that could be ideal. And if you look at the invite, um, you can actually see it there. The invite is a hand-drawn Apple logo, which looks like it was drawn using the Apple Pencil on an iPad. So that's where I'm kind of leaning towards. It must be some sort of iPad-related thing. For higher education, I think we're going to see a lower-cost MacBook or MacBook Air. I don't know what they're going to call this thing. But um, the rumor is they want to get it down to roughly $800. So I think the cheapest one they sell right now is $900. So I don't even know if that's really that big. It's 100 bucks. Is that really a big it, difference? Well, especially when you talk about the scale of some of these school deployments and university deployments. Right. If they're going to be buying these things in bulk, every dollar makes a difference. That's true, I so guess. That is that is it, for for us in the Apple store it might not matter, but for schools buying in bulk okay. it might. Okay. And then also the classroom kit. They showed this classroom software at one of their events a while ago, and it hasn't shipped yet, and it's probably going to be part of iOS 11.3, which should also be shipping around this event. And that's where a teacher can have an iPad, and every student can have one, and the teacher can see what each student is doing on their individual iPads on the teacher iPad. So basically a, a wireless system for working together. So those are a few things I expect to see. I'm also thinking that we might see the, the follow-up to the iPhone SE, mm which would be the iPhone SE 2. No clue what that's going to be. 
what it's going to look like. Is got is that going to be you know similar to an iPhone 10, similar to an iPhone 8? We don't know. But that's the device if you want to get a brand new phone for someone who's uh, school aged. You probably want to get them something cheaper than you know the, the iPhone 8. It's a really interesting time in the education market right now, in part because you have the the three giants, Microsoft, Apple, and Google, going mm-hmm. after it. Google's obviously, as we've been talking about, doing well with the Chromebooks and Chrome OS. Yeah. Apple is kind of right there at the bottom. And then Microsoft is changing its strategy by starting to offer Windows 10S. Yes. It's education-oriented version of Windows 10 essentially as an option within Windows as opposed to a standalone version. Right. Isn't that weird, though? That, that they're, so they're shifting their strategy. And, and so it really does kind of open the door in some ways for Apple to make a statement here. Do you want to know how, what I think they should do? I do. So, yes, if you if you hear Apple is doing an education-focused yep. event, and by the way, this event is taking place not at the Steve Jobs Theater, not at one of the big theaters that they usually do in San Francisco or San Jose. They're actually doing this at a high school in Chicago. That's right. Lane so, Tech College Prep High School yes, on March so that's 27th. Obviously, an a, education a event. Big departure from what yep. they typically do. So if you hear Apple's doing an education event focusing on students, what is something you would hope to hear them announce? So th- this desire is prompted by my own experience watching my daughter interact with technology. And okay. it's interesting because we are the perfect case study for this. We have a Chromebook in our house. Okay. We also use MacBooks. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a couple MacBooks downstairs. You know what my daughter does when she walks downstairs and tries to use my MacBook? No. She takes her finger and presses it against the screen. Oh. Come on, Apple. It is time. It is time for a touchscreen MacBook. It is way past time. I would argue that you are so far behind on this. And Steve Jobs was wrong. I'm sorry. He was wrong when he About said what? there would not be a market for touchscreen notebooks. There is one. You need to get in on it. And that's the end of my rant. Well, here's I'll tell you what Tim Cook would say or Eddie Q or um, any of the other ones there at Apple. They would say... We have a touchscreen mobile computing device, and we call that the iPad it's Pro. Total, total cop out. I'm iPad sorry. Pro. I'm sorry. No, you need something that serves the purpose of an actual laptop. And I'm sorry for all of the efforts of Microsoft, Apple, and others. A tablet is not a laptop. They are two different things. And if you're talking about people in schools, they are going to be wanting to do things that are higher end. Yes, I get the fact that there is a, a role for iPads and tablets mm-hmm. in schools, and certainly you can do things there. But to me, it is clear that the way the computing hardware industry has evolved, there is a distinct role for laptops and computers and a distinct role for tablets. And in my opinion, in both of those areas, you need the, at least the option of touchscreens. Right. Now, let me ask you this question. This is, this is a good conversation. The laptop form factor, that's really what you're talking about, a form factor, right? Yeah, sure. You're talking about form factor. You're saying you want to be able to have a screen in front of you and a keyboard. Yeah. What if Apple um, announced something similar to a, it's a clamshell, but when you open it, it's running iOS? Sure. I mean- With like updated does, hardware. Does it feel like, you, can you do, I, I guess, yeah, and with, with a web web browser and if it had something similar to the the- MacBook touchpad, yeah. you know, trackpad. Uh, yes, yes, okay, okay, sure. But if it's just an iPad with a, a cool keyboard, I mean, you can get those on the the third party market. And and I don't know, I I I think it's time. What, why not? Why not put a touchscreen? And of I course, think that's going to affect argument, the price issue. That that's right. the other yes. issue. I yes. think the argument against it, is, or again, this is 
not my argument, this is Apple's argument, is that um, Mac OS, which is what we're running on our MacBooks, really is a mouse point-and-click operating system with touch targets that would be too small if you're trying to tap around. And iOS is a complete opposite where it's completely optimized for touch only and not pointing and clicking with a mouse. You know what? So Johnny Ive and Eddie Q and Tim Cook are welcome to come to my house and watch how my daughter <laughs> uses our Chromebook because I can tell you they are completely wrong. Completely wrong. I mean, pretty much every screen nowadays, actually, yeah. except for a television, right? Pretty much every screen nowadays is a touch screen. Yeah. So it really is interesting that the MacBooks are not. Yeah. Not that I have an opinion on the matter. <laughs> All right, so that is Apple story number one. Yes. Apple story number two actually relates to- One more. Screens as well. Yes, and, it does. And touch screens in this yes, case. So yes, I'm going to love this story. Tell us about this report about Apple coming out with, or at least developing its own micro-LED displays. Yes, what yes. the heck are those, Andrew? I'm so in the micro-LED is the future, or is seen as one of the futures of display technologies. So today, if you were to go and- and look at different display technologies, you would probably say, most people would probably look at OLED and say, this is the best screen technology that we have today. OLED, each individual pixel lights itself up. It's organic, so it doesn't require a backlight, so you can get really thin. I have an OLED TV at home, which is about as thick as, I think it's two credit cards stacked on top of each other. So very thin, amazing um, battery life if it's in a mobile device. That's what's in the iPhone 10. That's what's in all of Samsung's devices as well. Um, micro LED is similar in that it also does not require a backlight. So you're able to make thinner devices um, that have better color and better contrast. So micro LED is pretty much the upcoming rival to OLED, okay. if you will. So Mark Gurman, who is the reporter who really has a lot of insights into Apple uh, and is at Bloomberg News, he reported this. And essentially the news is that Apple is going to be making its own micro LED displays. And this is part of a trend where Apple has started making more and more of the inside components of its devices itself, chips being the, the biggest right. example. Yeah. And so the chips, what Apple's done with chips is they're far ahead of the industry when it pertains to the processor inside of a smartphone. Everybody else has to take the same chip and build a phone around it. That's pretty much what we see on Android. They take a Snapdragon processor and build a phone around whatever that Snapdragon processor is, whereas Apple makes the A series chip for the device, the one device or the, you know, the the pair of devices or whatever it is, a very small amount of devices really, you know. iPhone 8, 8 Plus and 10 is three phones whereas, you know, the new Snapdragon 845 is probably going to be on, you know, 50 different phones. And so Apple has a distinct lead there. And now working on their display, it's interesting because not many companies make displays in the world. Um, you know, LG makes displays, Samsung does. Apple actually buys their displays from Samsung which for puts the iPhone it 10. in a very odd position because it's buying displays from another division of the company that it's rivaling right. in smartphones. Absolutely. So Apple's designing these micro LEDs um, it's it's going to take a while before we see these, but the rumor is that we'll first see it appear in the Apple Watch um, because smaller displays are easier to make than larger ones. Once it's working good on the Apple Watch, we'll see it on the iPhone. This is probably something that we're not going to see for another three or four years, but it's interesting to see Apple getting into making their own displays 
and then having them, I don't think they're going to manufacture them. Ultimately, they'll probably pay someone else to manufacture them, but still very interesting. And it gets them out of being under, you know, Samsung and Samsung's charging them a premium because Samsung's the only one who can make the display that they need for the iPhone 10. So the whole thing is very interesting. Like, you know, Samsung's making a lot of money on the sale of the iPhone 10. Like if you think about that, that's crazy. Absolutely. And the market is taking this story very seriously. Yeah. The stock of all these various display companies, it was just crushed by this news, this report that Apple was making its own display technology, even though this is still probably years down the yes. road. So lots going on in the world of Apple. We'll get a sense next week for exactly what's going to happen at that March 27th education yes. event. And we'll get a sense in a couple of years, probably at <laughs> WWDC, what they're going to do on the display front. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We will be right back on Geared Up talking about Microsoft's latest attempt to get into PCs that act more like smartphones. That's coming up next on Geared Up. A big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring this week's episode of Geared Up. Hey, Road Warriors. The latest tech puts me in the driver's seat every time I travel. Control your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. You can bypass the counter and choose any car on the aisle, so you have more time to listen to Geared Up to find out what's going on in the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. Go national. Go like a pro. Check them out at nationalcar.com. Subject to availability and other restrictions. Requires enrollment in the complimentary Emerald club all right welcome back to geared up i'm todd bishop i'm andrew edwards hey it is time for the national car rental story of the week a big thanks to national car rental for sponsoring geared up don't forget go national go like a pro that's right and you can join the emerald club the emerald club allows you to rent a car by skipping the counter. I've actually never done this. I have. But you have. It's I'm I'm a member of the Emerald Club. It's yeah. free, anyone can join, but you just go directly to your car. That's that's right. And don't forget, Andrew has a show that he does for National Car Rental called Technically Speaking, and you can find that at nationalcar.com, their control center there, or youtube.com slash national car rent. Yes, all the best gadgets for business travel are focused on that show. All right. Good deal. So it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week, and that story is Microsoft trying again to mm -hmm. get into the always-connected Windows PC market. Yes. This is the general notion that your computer has a persistent connection. In other words, you fire it up, you're not waiting for the Wi-Fi to kick in, or right. more specifically in this case, for the LTE, the, the yes. actual mobile broadband to kick in. It is just there even, in this case, when the computer is closed. Yeah, right. So, like a cell phone. Yeah, absolutely. So the first of these devices have gotten into the hands of reviewers. And I would say that the reviews so far are mixed. What do you think of this concept based on what you're seeing out there? Uh, first of all, I wanted to ask you, so you're saying Microsoft's doing this, but it seems like this is really, I don't, well, I don't know who's leading it, but all of these always connected PCs are powered by Qualcomm. Snapdragon, right. Snapdragon processors. processors. That's so right. is this not a Qualcomm initiative, or is it a Microsoft initiative, or is it both? Or? The way this stuff works in the PC industry in particular, and, and we were talking about Macs in the previous segment, yeah. whereas Apple is driving the train there, clearly, and mm -hmm. increasingly more so because they're making the chips right. and potentially the screens, as we were talking about. Microsoft relies heavily on partnerships, and depending on the initiative, Microsoft or one of its partners may be driving it more. This seems like a pretty equal partnership between Microsoft and 
and Qualcomm, which, as you said, makes the Snapdragon processors that are very popular and actually really the, the de facto standard in smartphones. Yes. And also the PC makers. So in this case, for example, one of the devices that was reviewed is the, the Asus Nova Go right. convertible. And that's going to cost about $600. It'll be available in the U.S. on May 1st. But to me, it's it's more of a partnership. And that's really the model that Microsoft has pursued over the years for better and for worse. Because there's something to be said for one company having the vision and really sure. controlling it. Sure. So with this, I like the idea and so i i haven't used them to be able to like give a you know an opinion on is this specific device good or bad but the idea of a pc that as soon as you hit the power button it turns on just like your smartphone you hit the power button there's no boot up there's no wake from resume from deep sleep or any of that press a button instant on it's been connected the whole time that the screen has been off, so any emails or any messages or anything are already there. So there's not the whole, let me power it on, now I'm going through a quick download session of everything. 24 hours or more battery life, so you're using a, a very efficient processor. You're not using a you know an Intel um, Core i7. You're using a Snapdragon processor, which, though, can still do some heavy lifting, all of that combined to me sounds like something I would want in my in my personal computing. Um, but what what a lot of these look like they're doing though is they're more of a tablet, kind of like what we were just talking about in the earlier segment. They're more like tablets with a keyboard. So if they're a clamshell, they're really they're really tablets and not really what you would consider to be a traditional PC. What do you think of that? Yeah, and, and that also gets into the apps, which are essentially limited um, That in that this is a processor that's made for smartphones. And so right. the, the, in terms of the architecture, they're not able to run the full catalog of Windows apps. And so that is another struggle. And that's the kind of thing that Microsoft has struggled with going all the way back to, I hate to say the word. Uh-oh, No. Windows RT. Oh, no. Panos Panay. <laughs> what have you done? Exactly. So <laughs> that is the head of Microsoft Surface and hardware business. And we've had some history there in terms of him on the show. Uh, good, good good, and bad history. It's, it's all good. Um, so uh, Andrew was in the audience for one of those shows, yes. I think, is what you're alluding yes, I to. Was. Yes. Folks. And I think you wanted Panos to, to answer the questions more directly, I think. Is yeah, what yeah, yeah. Like. Well, you asked him a question about, hey, I had this Windows RT, uh, not even a laptop, device. Yeah. And why all doesn't of a sudden, it work anymore? It yeah. stopped running apps. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So hopefully this is not a similar issue where you buy one of these always connected PCs. By the way, that name is silly. I don't want to always have to say that. There needs to be a better, more succinct name. Um, but buy one of these, and then a couple years later, you know, on day one it doesn't run the full catalog of apps, and you know, two years later it doesn't run any apps, or you know, the apps are less. So specifically, just to get into the technical details, Windows on Snapdragon it's a 32-bit platform. So if you're running, trying to run a 64-bit app, which many of them out there are, you're gonna, you're not going to be able to that's do not it. So work. that that's okay. that's the main issue that's being reported. So okay. really, that kind of limitation is what can tank this kind of platform. So. When you go into it, you have to know what you're getting into. Yeah. With things like Windows 10s, which we talked about before, that's specifically from the Microsoft store, right? The, the, those apps. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if this takes off. I'm still waiting for the big Windows innovation that gets folks, you know, really excited about Windows again. What would that be? Uh, you know, they've tried things with like Beam. 
uh, or Mixer, the 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 online game streaming mm-hmm. that they've done. I think that's a possibility. I think the connection to the Xbox. I don't know. I just just something new. Maybe it's AR VR Hololens. I don't know. They, they're trying. They're trying. Right. And uh, and and I think they've got the attention of some folks, but nothing that's redefining the industry in terms of Windows. I I think Microsoft is a little more focused right now on the cloud and enterprise apps and that sort of thing. Yeah, this is very interesting though. Seeing you know. This is not possible. Like this is a this is a a step towards the future. This isn't the future. The step towards five um, G is a couple of years away, and when five G is available, and you have a mobile processor in these always connected PCs that connects to five G, where you're not always having to hunt for a good connection. Five G is a ga- that's the game changer. And then when devices connect to the 5G network, that's when we're going to see, I think, real change, real possibility. This also leads me back to Apple, though, and makes me think, what if Apple took an A11 processor and put that into a MacBook running macOS? The A11 processor inside of the current iPad Pro outperforms the MacBook. Huh. It out, it's faster. It's okay. faster at 4K video editing. That's why I asked you earlier, like, what if they just put a keyboard on the iPad Pro? Because the iPad Pro is faster than their entry-level notebook. So putting that A11 processor in there, which is another ARM processor, which is similar to the Snapdragon, an ARM processor, mobile processor architecture, um, these processors are getting, in in many instances, not all, but in many instances and use cases, better than the Intel processors. So are you ready to buy one of these? Always always connected PCs? I think, you know, if you're the business traveler always on the go, if you run, like a lot of business travelers now run their lives from their phones. Yeah. So in that case, you're not relying on these big 64-bit, you know, uh, apps for Windows anyway because you're running your business from your BlackBerry or whatever. If you need a PC and something better, this is a good thing because you have 20, the battery life, 24 hours battery life. So if you're going to fly from here to New York and back, you're only using 50% battery. Like that, that's crazy. So I think there is a market here. It's just not, this isn't where, this isn't the end of where we're going. So. And and really the end or the next big destination is 5G. Yes. 5G is, that's going to be the killer app. And that's essentially the next generation of wireless connectivity yes. that just basically opens up the pipe. Absolutely. Yes. Much that's, bigger. It's crazy, yes. All right, that is the National Car Rental Story of the Week. We will be right back with our final segment on this week's Geared Up, talking about Alexa getting more brief. I appreciate that. (laughs) We'll be right back. You're listening to Geared Up on GeekWire. All right, welcome back to Geared Up on GeekWire. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. This week, news emerged of a new feature on the Amazon Alexa Mm -hmm. platform where you can make Alexa talk less why why would you want to do this well you know there that's are times, why yeah that's she why. just she, she just heard us. us she's gonna okay we've got our alexa here she's gonna say something yeah okay well <laughs> that's a whole other issue they unveiled something called brief mode and you know how you're always talking to alexa and then she almost like repeats it back my, my favorite mm-hmm. example is where you say play such and such song and then she says okay playing and then she repeats the song right. and sometimes like so, like she adds long extra information. Title. yes exactly playing such and such song by such and such artist released in such and such year 
That's right. So what what they announced this past week or confirmed is that they're testing. Not everybody has this yet, but they're testing something called brief mode. And the whole idea is that Alexa, rather than responding in words, will simply acknowledge many of your requests with a chime. But don't take oh. my word for it. Let's let's ask okay. Alexa what she says. All right. Let's see this happen. Alexa, what is brief mode? In brief mode, I speak less. And for simple messages, I just play a sound instead. You can turn on brief mode in your Alexa app under Alexa voice responses in settings. All right. So that is technically true at the end there, but basically a lot of people don't have this yet in their settings. So not everybody can enable this yet. Exactly. Exactly. But obviously Alexa knows about it, so it must be true. Right. Right. Yeah. So this is just part of that whole notion of making these devices much more seamless as part of your life. I think when they first rolled out, they were a bit of a novelty and people were very willing to interact with them in ways that were unique to them. But, you know, I don't want to be you know, having Alexa, you know, saying lots of things in my house. I could see where this would be really cool just to say something and have it respond with a chime that acknowledges that you're there. I absolutely like that. yeah. Yeah. So I think this is something that is at least a nice tweak and something that shows that the user interface, the voice interface, is evolving. And it's it's good to see. I, I'm sure we'll be seeing others follow this path. Amazon seems to be ahead, at least, in terms of the, <laughs> the features that it rolls out for these right. devices. Right. And, and I actually uh, think this is good for, we talked about last week, the idea of whole home voice. Yep. You don't want every device in your house that has Alexa built into it to talk back to you. It's just weird. I'd rather just, you know, whether it's in my light switch or in a dedicated Echo device, just make a request and then just a chime is great. Like, hey, I acknowledged you and it's done. That's great. Just talk to me if it doesn't work. Right. I don't need to know that it worked. I need to know if it doesn't work. I would also like them, by the way, to change the wake word. To allow you to do different wake words other than Alexa or computer. Alexa is too. My Alexa is always talking when I don't want it to. Because it always thinks it hears its name. And if I'm watching a show where someone is named Alexa, it's just going off nonstop. In what shows is somebody named Alexa? There's some, there's some, there's TV shows or commercials. Well, well listen. Or if you're listening to a, a radio show or a podcast that constantly talks exactly. about Alexa, 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 as right. I just set off hundreds of like Alexa, Alexa buy batteries. Did you see the report from Amazon that when they did their Super Bowl commercial, they actually had some sort of technology where if it gets a bunch of a- activations from around the world or around the country that they know not to oh. yes, not to activate it. Wow. Yeah, that was a little almost a little That's creepy. That's interesting cuz South Park had an episode where they kept saying Alexa on purpose and making Alexa like say crazy things and add stuff to your shopping list that you probably would have to explain to someone if they looked at your shopping list, which was pretty funny. But no, why not? Like, every other every other one is, hey, something. Hey, Cortana. Hey, Siri. Hey, Google. How about, hey, Alexa? How about that? Then well, it's less likely to wake up. Well, no, the thing is, Microsoft actually went the other direction. I don't know if you saw well, that, do. but in some cases now, you don't actually have to say, hey, you just you just no. say Cortana. Yes, no. Yes, well, Cortana's exactly. a very specific-sounding name. So I'm, I think I'm okay with Cortana, but Alexa is just, it's not vague enough. Okay. We, we need vague. Too many things that are similar to what that yes. sounds like. Nothing sounds like, hey, Siri. Did you get the midnight laugh from Alexa? I never got the midnight laugh. Did you? No, I didn't. Oh, good. So Yeah, I, I that, wish I did, though. That would have been really cool. Great, great <laughs> scoop. It would have been great to wake up to Alexa laughing in your bedroom <laughs> at very, 3 a.m. Very, very weird. All right. 
Okay, that's all I got to say on that. But that, right. is, that is the new brief mode from Alexa. Hey, if you've got it, let us know how you like it, how it works, because it's not in our settings yet. Is we it have, an improvement? Yeah. Is it is it something better for you? Because it is. Look, it sounds like it's rolling out gradually. All right, that is geared up for this week. You got anything else you want to tell folks? That's it. I'm excited to hear the news next week from Apple, seeing if any of our predictions are correct. Don't forget, you you can subscribe to Geared Up as its own podcast. Just go to geekwire.com slash geared up, or better yet, search for it in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And don't forget to rate and review. We'd love to see your feedback on the show, and uh, it's always good to know that folks out there are listening. Yes. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Thanks for listening to Geared Up. Thanks for listening to Geared Up, the weekly tech and gadget podcast. Check out more of Andrew's reviews at youtube.com slash gear live and follow all of our coverage at geekwire.com.